When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Brown and Crouppen Morning After on KPN-TFM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com with Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. 707 in St. Louis, you are listening to The Morning After presented to you by Brown and Crouppen. Timothy, Michael McCartney, Douglas, Elvin, Vaughn, Kenneth, Iggy, Strode, the Plowhawk, Action Jackson with you on the program. We are in our Munganass St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour as we broadcast from the Michelob Ultra Studios. Friends, text in anytime you would like. EDF Group text inbox 314-881-TMA5. Of course, call in. We want phone calls. Uh, it's needed today. We need them. Because we don't have anything. No, 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 no. 636-9004-TMA. And, of course, email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. Uh, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Doug, weekend of despair. Uh, the doggies. Their season comes to an end last night at the hands of Sporting KC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fighting Tigers. Their quest for the SEC East. Division championship, the SEC championship, uh, spot in the college football playoff. Those are gone. Uh, Illinois played, and... What happened to them? We beat Minnesota. Boom! Barn burner. You know those Big Ten games, they're shootouts. What was the final on that one? 27-26. I did see there were points. It had to be over. Oh, I, Big I, I Ten didn't West. See the over, but yeah, you, you Jim Dandy the... between Northwestern and Iowa. Was that seven nothing? Was that the final at Wrigley Field? Points. It, well, I saw there was. I think it was seven nothing. The over under was twenty nine and a half to start. <laughs> oh my god. Ten seven to finish. Thank you. Who won? Under. Iowa. No, oh, did they? That's who uh, Missouri's pre- projected to play in a, the Citrus Bowl. Okay. It's either that by ESPN, or then there's another writer who has him playing Kansas State. Oh, we did that. <laughs> yeah, they can't. In the Liberty Bowl. They better not schedule Kansas because we got the vacation coming up. Had that ever happened? I, it, yes, it has. I recall, like, like within the last season? few years, it did happen. And as you can imagine, it was a delight. Uh, but, Doug, the Blues, how do you do? They had with, a nice weekend. With wins over. Because Jackson, I, I gave him crap on Balloon Party for saying he expected at least five points over the, that four-game homestand. And, well, he looks like a wizard now. Got uh Two more opportunities for a total of four points with the uh, Jets, also known as wins per game, coming to town tomorrow. And uh, the Coyotes make another Thursday night appearance in St. Louis uh, after they looked like the uh, 1980s Oilers a few weeks ago. So, hey, uh, the Blues are coming. So the doggy season's over. Mm -hmm. Missouri's quest for a championship is over. But... 
the Blues are coming tra-la-tra-la. Well, so I'm happy that. for the Blues, but I'm just not going to be much good to you. So what? N- not after what happened to the Doggies and the Tigers. And, I, in fact, I spilled my orange juice right before we oh, was started. Was that captured on uh, I, I don't know. YouTube? But for those reasons, I'm out. No, that's Shark Tank. You ever watch Shark Tank? Yeah, I do enjoy yeah, Shark lately. Tank. And for Absolutely. those reasons, I'm out. But, uh, yeah, I thought it might be a better Monday morning for me, but to, to get off to a start like this, I don't, I don't see it being a lot of good Is it solely because of the you. juice? Well, that is a big factor, yeah, sure. Yeah, I understand that. Well, it's warm yeah. outside, Doug. Yeah, how about that? And light. Yeah, great weather for another two, two three days at, at least. Up until Wednesday, 80 on Wednesday? How great is that? Well, I was really upset about the Tigers. They were, they were there. They were right there. They finished that last drive in the fourth quarter and not throw the intercepts into Nazir Stackhouse. Was he weigh 400 pounds? <laughs> they, they just don't make that play, and I think they win it. I wish they had Missouri. stayed on the ground. Good football teams. Those college teams are good, huh? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do this year? I think pretty good stuff, huh? Yes, you're Jackson, right check your phone, please. Trying to. Right on. I Trying mean, to? What's wrong with your phone? It's not working. Your phone's oh. not working? No, my phone's working. What you're asking for is not working. Interesting. I'm trying to get into the text inbox. Want me to come in there? I can probably do it. Okay. Right. Cool. Well, it's Jackson's going to come in. You're going to see him. He's a cute boy. Two big games uh, Mizzou's played this year, and Cook two big interceptions <laughs> oh. when they had chances to win. So That was a Jim Rome-esque pause. Mm-hmm. No, Come no. on, over my shoulder. What are you doing, Jackson? You know, I've been using okay. Safari forever, and now okay. I'm on Google Chrome, which I probably should have been doing, oh, 30 years ago. Well. And, uh, and it makes my computer whir like Dogtown Ties Flying Sibian. And, uh, and so with Safari, it doesn't. And uh, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, yeah, so that's how I—that's how I'm getting into the text inbox right. this morning. I apologize. That's the—that's uh, the issue. You got all. You got something other than an Apple you computer get, now. What's that? Is something other than an Apple computer? Uh, no, same thing. Because Apple has Safari, right? It does. I mean, you, you can also use Google Chrome. Google Chrome, exactly. Let's see what we got here. Am I in the text inbox? I don't know if I'm in the text inbox. Well, I don't. I don't know. I apologize. I've never seen it. I don't even know what it looks like. Yeah. Jackson, uh, could you come in here again? Oh, come on, yeah. Jackson. Oh. Let him handle this. He can caress it. All right. Uh, with regards to the Missouri game, my observations are the following. Number one, it's hotter than a fire's a hell in here. It is. <laughs> is it not? Maybe leave the door open while there's not God so many almighty. people outside. Well, you, I think the thermostat works. It does? I Doug think. and I discussed that we thought it just was a prop. It's, it's banging it's there. It's falling off the wall. No, I, oh, so you can, yeah, exactly. Look at this. I don't know if you can get yeah. it on YouTube camera. Oh, my seat just fell down. Too. Yeah, we got a good view of it. So you can turn it to the left. All right, I'm turning it. No, I think, yeah, there we go. That, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, right Don't there. Get probably good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that should work. And the fire is a hell. Uh, combination of feelings. Uh, I've been listening, as you guys usually hear when I come walking in, I'm listening to podcasts, and I was listening to a number of college football podcasts. Um, I guess I'm not surprised, but uh, the reaction of people who, have, who are not Missouri fans, which is what I, what I wanted to hear, um, super impressed with Missouri like, and I guess, and I think Gabe DeArman kind of falls into this category. He's going to join us at 9 o'clock, presented by James Carlton. I think Gabe didn't expect that, and I'm not talking about 
a win, because I don't know who was necessarily expecting a win, but I don't think he necessarily thought they could do what they did and be in a spot to win the game with the football down six with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I don't know if that's all you could have hoped for, but that's the spot that I don't think many people expected. Um, so Missouri, Doug uh, Jackson, have you ever heard the term? I'm going to humor him here. But set it up uh, for the term. Uh, give give Missouri their flowers. I, I've heard the term. <laughs> He's being kind there. <laughs> uh, but that's that's what this podcast I was listening to Saturday down south. That's what I was listening to on my way out here. And they said, Matt, I got to give Missouri their flowers. You like that? I don't really like that. No. I did watch game day when they were picking games, and almost all of them say, oh, Georgia will win easily. Yeah, except Georgia Lee Corso. Pick. Yeah. But that's what I think, and understandably, because a lot of teams have come in, even Tennessee last year after beating Alabama came in, and they just were like, they don't necessarily get stomped. Georgia can do that, but they'll just like, they'll just choke you. They just do it very, just, you know, methodically. And... So from that standpoint, I'm grateful that the team I pull for and uh, like kind of the, 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 my holy grail as a sports fan growing up here for a local team to win a championship is Missouri winning a college football championship, which I realize is not necessarily something that you can expect. But, you know, I mean, they were in that game against the defending national champions without question. And against both LSU and Georgia at halftime, Missouri was the better team. Now, that doesn't matter because halftime doesn't do anything, but I'm like, holy crap. And the thing that stood out to me, and they also were making the observation on the Saturday Down South podcast, is where usually teams of Georgia, Alabama, and then depending on who else is having a big year, Ohio State, Michigan, back in the day, Clemson, maybe Oregon, um, where they separate themselves from kind of the middle of the pack or lower tier teams are the five-star recruits in their size and speed in the trenches, which is something we talked about going into it. And Missouri got to Carson Beck like he hasn't been gotten to all year. They sacked him three times. They were in the backfield. I mean, holy crap, I didn't see that coming at all. And the Missouri's offensive line really held its own and created running lanes for Cody Schrader. That was the one stat that going in, if you would have told me Cody Schrader would run for 115 yards, I would have gone, holy crap, Missouri may have won the game. Mm -hmm. That was super impressive. He was super impressive, but the offensive line was super impressive. You're going to have false start penalties with Georgia doing the goofy thing that I think will be illegal within the next year or two before the snap when they're on defense. You know what I'm talking about? The shift they, on the line. The shift yeah. on the line. Yeah, but you can't clap when you're on uh, defense. Can't clap. Game. No. Right. Jackson, that's that sarcasm? Big time. <laughs> Yes, the Missouri like got it with rule? the disconcerting signal again. But, yes, the shift thing will most likely be illegal within a year or two. Um, and I think it should be. But neither neither here nor there. You expect some false starts at 93,000 in front of you. But Missouri moved the ball on the ground. Holy crap. I mean, that was – I could have never seen that coming. And so I'm grateful and thrilled that the team I pull for was in that spot – and is clearly, unless Georgia isn't good, that's the only thing I can, the only, like, potential breaking ball, and by that I mean isn't as good as we think they are uh, because they have not necessarily gone up against one of the teams that would be in the mix for a championship yet. Um, 
Missouri's one of the, without question in my mind, as much college football as I watch, one of the top 12 teams in the country. So in that sense, it's a shame that the playoff isn't around because if you can hang with Georgia in Athens, you can hang with anybody. And they were in a spot to win that game. So that is incredibly encouraging. I thought it was incredibly unfortunate, so I have all of these different feelings on it as I go along and analyze it, that you had the caliber of broadcast you had. That was terrible. Yeah, where was Nestler? He, uh, he was in game. Tuscaloosa. I know. Why didn't we get him? Uh, CBS had a triple header. They had Ohio State Rutgers. And by the way, Rutgers outplayed Ohio State like crazy in the first half in that game. And it took a fluky pass as Rutgers was going in for a bigger lead that was tipped and Ohio State picked off. Otherwise, I think Rutgers may have beaten Ohio State, which I know sounds like that can't be possible. Ohio State wound up winning by 19, so most people probably weren't even aware of it. Then after that game, you had Missouri-Georgia, and then you had Nestler and Danielson. Right. We should have had them. Uh, I would have put Nestler and Danielson in Tuscaloosa, too, if I'm CBS. It's also the last year CBS has the SEC, and there's a little tension between CBS and the SEC as this thing wraps up. Uh, so with that said, Rich Wetzel... Never heard of him. And Aaron Taylor got the call, and that was really, that was, you know, usually you just kind of go, okay, whatever, but that was bad. And that was a shame because for the caliber of game it was, you didn't have Nestler, Danielson, or even somebody on ESPN. That I'd was, like Vern Lundquist to come out of retirement. That would have been lovely. Uh, the caliber of the officiating for that game. they were. I was curious what the national perspective would be because obviously Missouri fans will complain about officiating. Georgia fans will complain about officiating and it's white noise. That was their observation too, that it was really bad and it was bad both ways. I think it was worse for Missouri. Um, I thought the Drayden Norwood pass interference on a ball that was not catchable on third and seven was a defining moment in that game. Uh, the one that I think more people are focused on is them picking up the flag on the offensive pass interference. I think that is kind of a neither here nor there. The call that was confusing that Rich Wetzel and Aaron Taylor w- weren't even observing. I mean, they, they were. it's like they had like a bright, shiny object in that booth. And then, you know, three minutes later, they'd catch up was the call on Hopper on pass interference on another uncatchable ball. That's the one in the end zone? That's correct. Yeah. They didn't even, I didn't even see a flag during the play. <laughs> it's it like a, they went back and said, now, wait a minute, Georgia's in trouble if we don't give this give them this call. I, I have to say, though, right before that play, I believe, or it was two plays before that, I believe it was Delp, was, and it was, the, Brock Bauer's replacement, was running down the field on a ball. It, Missouri had blitzed, and to Georgia's credit, you know, what do you say, they are on scholarship, too? Is Hell, they's you, on scholarship, too. Uh, they, they've got incredible players. Goes without saying. So Missouri blitzes. Beck picks it up, hits Delp, Bauer's replacement. He's running down the field, and he's tackled on a face mask that was not called. That mm-hmm. was a benefit to Missouri. I think there was a Theo Weiss uh, pass interference that I don't think was pass interference that benefited Missouri. So it was bad on both sides. I but thought there the, were two or three times when Mizzou got tackled out of bounds. In the early going. That is, I, I agree with you. They finally, yards out of bounds. They, they, they called one, but it was a face mask in the second half, but I, I agree with you on that. Um, but the Hopper pass interference and the, the, the Drayden Norwood one is the one that, to me, I mean, that's fourth and seven if that's not called, and instead, I believe two plays later, they were in the end zone. And that's it's going to fly under the radar, and guys who are pleasuring themselves uh, that Missouri lost uh, because their teams, you know, aren't ever going to be in that position. 
Uh, we'll say, oh, you're blaming the officials. I'm making the observation that I thought the officiating in the broadcast was terrible, and that affects both fan bases because Georgia was screwed on what should have been a face mask call, and I think which should not have been a pass interference that went to, uh, went to Missouri's favor. Um, the defining play of the game, I suppose, would, of course, be Brady Cook's interception. And the shame of that is that while he did not have a good game, and Georgia, to their credit, because you say they are on scholarship. Hell, they's on scholarship, too. They took away Cook's running lanes in the second half. He didn't pick up a yard in the second half after running like a madman uh, in the first half. Um, they put a spy on him, and that ended that. That he threw a ball that, you know, will you know, be something that he'll remember the rest of his life, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. that team was in position to drive down the field and take the lead on Georgia. At that point, actually, I was watching the game with my wife, and I said, I th- I, what I worry about here is Missouri's going to wind up losing this game. Th- what would it have been? I can't recall. 31-28 to 28 or something like that? Or, I don't know if they're down 24-21. 27-21. So 30-28. to 28. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to score a touchdown because it was becoming so obvious they were moving down the field. Usually, though, with Cody Schrader that Georgia then would come down and kick a field goal and uh, and win it. And then a play or two later was when he threw that interception, and that was essentially the nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I wish they'd kept the ball on the ground a little bit more. I was no. even thinking that when I was watching it, saying Schrader's running crazy. They got Georgia kind of back on their heels. He's running with confidence. I, I would have played a little more cautious. It's easy to say. After an interception like that, it's easy to say, don't do that. But it was just a horrendous throw. I don't know where that came from. Just a, I don't know about the play call. The, the throw was horrendous, and that really sealed it. That was it. I, I knew right then, well, that game's over. Yeah. And you thought that uh, he was going to go into the end zone. Yeah. It was called back because of a blindside block. Um, I believe it was on Norfleet that went against Norfleet. Mm-hmm. But... Um, to Missouri's credit, the defense held. To Georgia's credit, a freshman kicker hit a 48-yard field goal. I mean, that is a huge play. Now, if that's Mevis, you kind of expect it, even though he's, you know, he's, he's he was great on Saturday, but he's he's been wobbly at times. The 61-yarder makes people think he is uh, at another level, but he, he certainly can kick it far, but he's had some problems at times earlier in the year, but he hit both of his. And uh, to that freshman kicker's credit, he delivered, and that made it a nine-point game. And so at that point, I'm like, okay. I mean, the chances are slim, but at the same time, who knows? Missouri was going down the field again, even after two poorly snapped time uh, pass completions. The snaps Mm -hmm. surprised Brady Cook, and they completed it both times to Theo Weiss. I mean, God bless Theo Weiss. Um, And then he threw a really bad interception for the second one. And then that wrapped it mm, up. Kind of desperate at that point. Yeah, Re- but I mean, throw. there were there were three Georgia defenders yeah. down there and one Missouri receiver. I don't really know that needs to just be thrown away. The shame of the one uh, Nazir Whiteside picked off the defensive lineman for Georgia is if you watch the Doug, do you call it the All Twenty Two film? I didn't call it that. Uh, do you call it the All Twenty Two B roll? Yeah, that's what I call it. Always have. To Cook's right, he has. A receiver wide open. Um, it was Makai Miller, I think. Was it Miller? I thought. I thought it was number 10. That's Makai Miller. It's Makai Miller, okay. Yeah. Um, that uh, the Georgia, there wasn't anybody yeah. for about 
20 yards. Now he's under pressure. So, you know, it's easy to say that because I can see it and he can't see it, but it's just a ball in that spot that needs to be thrown away. Eli Drinkwood said in the post game that he had the tight end open. I don't think the tight end was open. And considering the tight end was the one who was on the receiving end of the blindside block, you can see from the replay that there was a guy right on him. So I don't think that the tight end was necessarily open. Um, and it's just an unfortunate spot there because he wasn't playing and winning the game for Missouri, but he also wasn't losing it up until that point. And that is a real shame. Um, that that happened in that spot. But you know what? One of the reasons why Georgia has the winning streak they have, and it was 142 of 43, and I take this away, I'm like, where did Georgia make a mistake? Think about that whole game. And where did Georgia make a mistake? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the thing about it. You go, I mean, maybe they can do that crap on a game that they don't care about, and all of a sudden there's a ball on the ground or Beck throws a pick or something like that. But, I mean, they just they just don't make mistakes. And the thing is, Missouri really hadn't either up until then. It was such a great football game that even though it sucks as a Missouri fan that they lost, holy crap, I'm grateful that in November the team I pull for is in Athens, Georgia, going head-to-head with that team and playing like they did. It's disappointing without question, but it shows just how good of a team they are. And so... Uh, from a big-picture standpoint, it's exciting to see the program take that step. Short-term standpoint, it's disappointing uh, that they that they lost it. But they were in a position to win it, and uh, in a way, I'm not really that surprised because they had outplayed LSU, they beat the hell out of Kentucky for three quarters, and they outplayed South Carolina for a half uh, to, like a national championship-caliber team would. And so from my standpoint, uh, I have a combined gratitude, anger toward the the broadcast uh, and the caliber of the officiating for both teams and uh, and then also disappointment. But gratitude that they were in that spot. Yeah. It does feel like they're there now. They might be a player or two away from completing these games instead of just getting close. But it does feel like they're there now. That They're not miles away from being able to compete with the best schools. I watched Kansas State play Texas. Kansas State should have won that game. Absolutely. Would have. They kicked an extra point. No idea what the hell that was. Yeah, they'd have won that game. That uh, Chris Kleiman's considered to be one of the best coaches in college football. And, boy, I think that, I mean, obviously the special teams let him down. But I guess he just, he wanted to try to take it. Yeah, oh, you're talking overtime. about in overtime. But in regulation. If they oh, kick, I know. No, they missed point, an extra point. That's correct. Would. And then, then missed another field yeah. goal. And Texas went into Alabama and won there. That's correct. And Mizzou beat Kansas State. So you got to figure they're on a level with these teams. Oh, sure. I mean, if, if there were any question the way they played, I mean, you just can't. If you watched that game, there's no way you can come away and go, oh, Missouri just didn't belong. And I thought that may be the case. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they've beaten. What's their best win, Kentucky or K-State? So, you know. I felt like we learned more about Missouri against LSU than we did necessarily about Kentucky uh, after the Kentucky game. That was just dominating. But is Kentucky garbage? And then Kentucky beat the hell out of Mississippi State, but Mississippi State's garbage. Uh, K-State was trending, and uh, and K-State was right there with Texas, like you said. And that was after falling behind 17-0 in the first quarter. Yeah, they had that game won and let it go. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know why he's going for two with that offense and yeah. considering that uh, Texas has their freshman quarterback filling in for Quinn Ewers, and he just he regressed this weekend. It's not like they're at the one yard line; they're I, at the five yard I line. I don't know what that was about. That was a, I would imagine K State fans are tilted by that. 
Um, so, yeah, that's uh, my reaction. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-881-TMA5, EDF group text inbox. Uh, Jackson, how are you holding up? You were despondent two days after the LSU game. Where are you on now? Still very upset. Jackson, oh, no. So, all right, let's, jug, let's Step help. Step out of it, man. Let's help out. I was in a bad way after that one. What happened? Where, where you were do? you watching it? Tin Roof? Ballpark Village. And uh, Were you riding the bull? No. There was no bull riding afterwards. It was shuffle out and despair. Just... It was there, man. Oh, what an opportunity. Down six points with the ball in your hands. Like, what, nine, eight, nine minutes to go. And, uh, yeah, Brady's biggest mistake of the year came at the worst time. And mm-hmm. it just really sucks. And they played a great ball game. I think, Tim, to your point on, you know, Georgia doesn't make mis- didn't make any mistakes. It, it just goes to show you, like, there was a play. Their first touchdown, Dominic Lovett, went right between the arms of Dale and Carnell. Like, literally couldn't have been closer to a pick or a right. bat down and it ends up in a score and that's the difference between a team like Georgia and everybody else is like they are gonna they execute that they don't mess that up and that's the difference and you gotta and you gotta force a turnover if you gotta beat Georgia and Athens and they were just unable to do so I thought the closest they got to it I was a little upset with the officiating that they just called it dead on that screen pass Mizzou blew up yeah, th- that was another illustration of the broadcast I mean it just it's a shame like I said that that was the broadcast that you know it just that I think that it, it at least obviously was the B team. I think it may have been the C team. Um, Rich Wetzel is a, he's a baseball broadcaster. He was the Marlins guy for a long time. He was one of the guys that got booted out when Jeter's group came in, and Marlins fans were upset. And Aaron Taylor. I mean, one of the things that if you're, I guess, new, even though he's in his 60s, so he's not new. But if you're not necessarily at like the Joe Buck, Al Michaels, Costas level and you're calling a game that you're not on the home home network's side is kind of a tell on the, I don't know, the right, I don't know, hack is probably too harsh, but is you're just caught up in whatever broadcast venue you are in, as in the home team. And it was, it was really rough on that and then also the production quality because that needed to be shown multiple times they had one quick replay and it wasn't clear whether or not that was i don't know why you whistle it dead that's what that was my problem i have no idea why you whistle it dead you can go back and then say okay it wasn't a catch after reviewing it and going through it frame by frame with the one bad angle replay they showed I think the ball. I don't. I do not think it was a fumble. Neither do I. For the record. Neither do I. But uh, I understand where you're coming from on that. Right. Just gotta take, especially when you take a look at offensive PI, which I've never seen in my life before. After well, you can review if it's past the line of scrimmage. They right. weren't reviewing offensive pass interference. I have no problem with that one. I think that's the one that's probably gotten the most attention. I thought the, the most egregious call and the most significant call in the game was the Drayden Norwood third and seven in the second half. That was so defining. It flies under the radar. Aaron Taylor's like, oh, that's obviously, yeah, he's he's all over him there. And I'm like, dude, you, I mean. Is that the one they called super late? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That was <laughs> both, another both thing. Both of them were super late. Like five seconds super, afterwards. Super, super late. It's just, it, you know, it's just kind of the deal, though. I mean, it's, it's one of the things right. you understand it. Hey, you know, Missouri was the beneficiary of some questionable officiating uh, during the basketball season at Mizzou Arena, it's just part of the deal, and you know it. And mm-hmm. you know, if if it's a if it's a wonderful conspiracy by the Southeastern Conference, then uh, then so be it. Uh, because I don't I don't think anybody's talking about it and investigating it. 
it's just it's part of the deal when you go on the road. You know these things can happen. That one, though, stood out to me the most, and it's certainly not the one that's going to get most attention, but it was well behind the receiver, and uh, it's fourth and seven. That's fourth and seven, and Missouri gets the ball back leading 13 to 10. Instead, two or three plays later, George is in the end zone leading 17 to 13, and that's it's a significant, significant development. Yeah, yeah. I think right after that, Carson Beck threw that beautiful ball to Lad McConkey and set him up, and yeah, brutal. But you know, that's yeah, you're right. You go to Athens, you're going to expect some some weird stuff to happen. But they were kind of beneficiary. I just ultimately I mean, you just go on the road. I, it's, right. I don't. I'm not saying Athens is unique or there's a conspiracy. I'm just saying it's that's part of the deal on the road. For sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I may, may be wrong. Drinkwitz did one thing I didn't understand. Into the half, Mizzou's got the ball. Minute and a half, maybe almost two minutes to go. Schrader gets slung out of bounds, and Drinkwitz is over there arguing with the official about. It. I guess he wanted the either he wanted the late hit or the clock stopped. Clock stopped, I think. I, I thought that's, so. No, that's what that's what it I was. thought so too. But he had two timeouts left. That's correct. And sir. he sat there arguing and screaming at the official because they lost all this time. Call a timeout. You still had a minute and a half to go. They should have taken advantage of that <clears> possession while they had some momentum. And try to at least get a field goal. He got a big-legged kicker. But why sit there and argue? They, they went to the halftime with two timeouts in their pocket. Use it. Yeah, that was uh, that was the consensus I saw on social media and everyone I was with was like, if you're going to sit there and scream, just make call the timeout. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. So I, I think it's for the purpose of accuracy, uh, not saying you're trying to massage facts, but I, I, I was virtually certain there wasn't two minutes left. There were 45 seconds left. Oh, there was more. There was much more than that. It was at least a minute and a half. Says at Georgia punted with 45 seconds left. Georgia punted? This was, I'm talking about Mizzou had the ball. I understand. That was after Georgia punted. Oh, I think there was a lot more time. I mean, I, I don't I'm just looking at the box score. I have to go back because I, I wouldn't have been that upset if there's 45 seconds left. That might have been how much time there was left after he got done arguing, after they didn't get a playoff. I thought it was about 22 seconds left after he'd finished arguing. and then. Oh, I, man, unless I looked at it wrong, I thought there was a lot more time than that. It seemed like they were confused on what they wanted to do on that drive. Like, did they want to just sit on it, or did they want to actually I press? personally, Missouri was at its 25, and I was 100% all for taking a knee and going in. Why? Number one, it's 10-10, and you are absolutely outplaying them. Um, and I'm sure Georgia knew it too, which is to their credit why they made adjustments, uh, in particular on stopping Cook on the run. And then uh, you're getting the ball back to start the second half. Right. You're at the 25-yard line. I was 100% comfortable with it. It wasn't apparently what he wanted, I guess. I don't know, because if you really want to move the ball down the field, running Cody Schrader east-west yeah, isn't necessarily the way to do it. But, uh, yeah, you're right. He, if he really wanted to stop the clock, then then he did have two timeouts. But I was personally comfortable. I'm like, go in to the locker room. You get the ball back. But one thing if Georgia was getting the ball back, or if you felt like, God, you're lucky to be 10-10. Georgia, and I know it sounds ridiculous because people focus on the names of the teams as opposed to really digging into the games and who's on these teams because there are different players each year and each week when you're talking about injuries. I mean, this isn't the same Georgia team that was out there in September with Brock Bowers. Uh, Missouri was out playing them. So, hey, take the football to start and make sure it's 10-10, kneel down. Now, that's not what they did, but I was comfortable with it. I have no issue 
no issue with that. I have no I issue with the Missouri it. coaching at all. I would have, I would have pushed it, even thrown deep if you have to. If it's intercepted 50 yards down the field, oh well, half's almost over. Oh well, take advantage of your possessions like that. That's that's what I would have done. How do you feel about the end of the game though? And I, if they weren't going to win the game, it didn't matter. But I've never seen a team with you know 57, 58 seconds left in a game take two knees when you're on offense and just run out the clock. Yeah. When you at least try something, you know, maybe get a pass interference down, you score quick, you get on like You never know, but yeah. two know. knees with like 50-something You're seconds. You're talking about Georgia left. taking two knees. No, Missouri at the end of the game. What? Missouri was down, what, nine at the end of the game? They had the ball. And Georgia then, had the ball. I thought Missouri had the ball, and they just took two knees, and the game was over. No, Georgia knelt down. You sure? Yes, unless this box score is just, I'm looking at the wrong box score, but this is Jordan kneel down by Beck. Uh... Missouri didn't take timeouts to stop it. Right, that's oh, that's Okay, you're right. They had two timeouts left, and I'm hmm. thinking, why Why don't you take a timeout? Three timeouts, timeouts back. back. Yeah, and they just let the clock run out. Yeah, some Missouri fans were unhappy about that. I don't I, I mean, I understand. I mean... Yeah, they weren't going to win the game, but I mean... You, you don't, don't, but you don't know. Yeah, you I don't understand. know. You have to at least take your timeouts and maybe get the ball back and do something. I think something that may have been a factor, even though he was out there, is that play where Luther Burden, it would have been a hell of a catch uh, in the end zone, went off his fingertips on the near sideline uh, corner of the end zone, uh, and he was hurt. I don't think he was ever the same, and he was essentially a decoy. Now, he did catch the two-point conversion, but... Missouri did not throw the ball over the field. Obviously, he's a slot in the middle of the field. He's a slot receiver, and that, that I would imagine that was part of the game plan to try to mitigate the talent of the safeties and the linebackers of of Georgia. And uh, you know, you don't necessarily have a quarterback who's you know got Joe Burrow's arm back there uh, making a you know SEC offense comparison, and uh, and so I think that played a role in. What, I thought the same thing. You thought, yeah, he just wasn't. And I think that's also why they kind of altered the game plan in the second half against South Carolina because he got hurt in that one too. Yeah. And so you just go, okay, well, I mean, hey, Theo Weiss made plays. Big time. But it limited it limited Missouri's offensive options, and that's why it was so great that Cody Schrader was doing what he was doing. But I don't think Luther Burden was the same guy in the second half as he was when that game started. Yeah, and, and there was and a— So keep an eye on that for the purpose of the Tennessee game. Yeah, I thought there was a great example in the second half— that, Brady Cook threw a beautiful ball to him, and it was great defense by the Georgia D-back who tipped it right at the last second. It was right in his hands, but I think, I don't know, I feel like he was just maybe a half-step slow just because that ankle injury was bothering him. And they were, You're right, it would have been a hell of a catch to make in that end zone, but, yeah, something about Luther was just a touch slow, and if you don't have him, you got to use him as decoy. Mookie Cooper stepped up in the in the second half. He made a couple really smart plays for a receiver, like coming back to the ball when Brady was in trouble. That was great. But, yeah, if you don't have Luther, it completely changes your offensive dynamic. Or if you don't have him at full strength, I should say. I'm not sure he's been at full strength for a while. He seems to get hurt every game. Yeah. He must be nursing something that gets uh well, it was the shoulder against South Carolina, and this was ankle. I mean, if you watch the, when the trainers came out, they – like, I don't say they grabbed his, I think it was his left ankle or foot, and he, like, recoiled immediately, an involuntary reaction. Like, it hurt that bad. Mm-hmm. And he never went in the tent. He refused to go in the tent, according to Amanda Guerra, the sideline reporter. But uh, he went back out there. He just 
you know, that obviously the two-point conversion is not a long pass route. Mm-hmm. You're running a handful of yards. But he was, I, I don't think he had a catch in the second half. I could be off on that, but I don't think he did. He had three receptions the whole game, and obviously the big one came for that first touchdown. Right. Great throw by Brady Cook, by the way. Great throw, great catch, and uh, also Georgia decided at that moment that they wouldn't let that happen again, and so uh, they weren't going to allow Missouri to go over the top. Uh, I need to uh, tell the people about EDF Group, and you're welcome to text in. I'll read some of the text here. Do you want to support the EDF Group as a sponsor of TMA? It's real simple. Do you have a fire extinguisher where you work? The answer is yes, you certainly do. So... Please email the EDF group at fire at theedfgroup.com so a technician can come out and explain to your team how the EDF group can save your company money. Again, that email address is fire at theedfgroup.com. The EDF group is Hyatt and will prevent your facility from having Hyatt fires. Experience the EDF group difference. Learn more at theedfgroup.com. Doug, can you tell the people about our title sponsor? Well, that would be Brown and Crouppen, of course. They've been our title sponsor now for, was this week number two? And we are certainly... Happy to have them. You know Brown and Crouppen. They've been around St. Louis for a long time. Law firm founded here in 1979. They are the local guys. You see a lot of ads on TV now with uh, national firms trying to come into St. Louis and and earn your business. Brown and Crouppen have been doing that for 44 years now for St. Louisans. These are guys who've been around town. They know the local courts. They know the local judges, the other lawyers. This is who you want to go to if you have any kind of personal injury case. Brown and Crouppen is a local law firm that you need to know about if you don't already. They offer superior legal services and they value client services as well. They treat their clients and employees like gold. They've been voted one of the best workplaces in St. Louis for years. Brown and Crouppen realizes happy employees are the key to providing the best client experience and that they do. They're also a big part of the St. Louis community and have been for a long time. They value that. They're involved in many charities and community events, including everything from Manny Malone and Sister Strut to Stray Rescue. And here's the good thing. They'll give you a free evaluation of your case. You call them on the phone, and that evaluation is free, and they'll decide if you have a case that's worthy of moving forward. They work on a contingency basis. No upfront cost to you. If you don't get paid, they don't get paid. They've won more than a billion dollars in compensation for their clients. That's Brown and Crouppen, the local law firm. You need to know about the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertising. Past results are no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own accord. Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, presenting sponsor of our 7 o'clock hour here on TMA and the official automotive provider of the TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Send your emails in for QFTA this week, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTEL.com. Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, and a secret Phone number of 314-252-0029. Looking for a new car or a pre-owned vehicle? Work with Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganass. Need to get your car serviced? Ryan Seiberg in the service department will take wonderful care of you. And also, uh, even if you didn't get your car from Munganass, get your car serviced at Munganass. StLouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com, and the secret phone number of 314-252-0029. Two nine. So Missouri plays Tennessee at two thirty uh, on Saturday. I'd like to know how that all played out. How about that whole? How about that whole deal? Something yeah. had to go on there. ESPN. It's it's one of the last games ever on CBS. I can't imagine. I don't know how that game is ahead of uh, Georgia Ole Miss, and ESPN's doing game day there. So I wonder about that. Um, but either way, great because we have trivia night that night, so we'll be able to watch the game. And it's a 2.30 kick on CBS. 
I do believe you'll get Nestler and Danielson this time. Missouri is, it depends on where you're looking, either a one-point favorite or a one-point underdog for the Tennessee game. 2.30 kickoff in Columbia on Saturday. And then you go from watching the game to trivia night at St. Gabriel's. This year's trivia questions will test your general sports, entertainment, and St. Louis knowledge, along with a couple of TMA-specific questions in there. Uh, doors open at 6.30 with trivia starting at 7.30. Tickets are $45 a person. And you can purchase single tickets, a table of eight, or anything in between at TMASTL.com. The tickets include all your food from Salt and Smoke and beer from AB. Uh, you're welcome to bring your own food and drink as well. A portion of the proceeds from the night will go to St. Gabriel's, and we are giving away a table to... TMA Trivia Night at St. Gabriel's this Saturday, courtesy of Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, one of the sponsors of the event. So if you win the Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day today, you win a table for TMA oh, Trivia Night this Saturday. Send your emails in the morning after at InsideSTL.com for our Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day. The morning after at InsideSTL.com. Doug, there will be no doggies game at 5 o'clock. No. Man, that's disappointing. I watched that most the entire second half. Really thought they were going to score before they did. The goal they did get was either one of the most incredible shots in the history of the MLS or very lucky. But they were right there. They could have won it too. He bent it like Beckham? He sure did up in the upper corner there. Think Santa Boney's calling that. Oh, do we have it? I don't think so. No. I, I listened to it. I don't think it was him. While, he wasn't on the radio? For a while, I listened on the radio. I don't think it was him. Really? It didn't sound like him. Fair so enough. they scored one goal in the final two most important games of the season. Uh, they scored one each, two. One. Oh, okay, they scored one and one. Okay, I didn't know. If mm-hmm. I would have liked some better calls from Ismail Falfath. <laughs> Who in the hell is He that? was the official. <laughs> well, you did Tell well. me you don't know Ismail Falfath. Supposedly he's about the best one they got, the best one in the league. Berkey almost made the save on the goal. Yeah. And beat him. I Good think season. the pass, it might have gone between the legs of the defender. It did. I mean, what are the chances yeah. of that? And then he still almost makes the diving save. Yeah. It just trickles in. God bless America. You're right. But that producer, uh, Joe's not happy. I'll I know. I wouldn't that. think he is. He speaks a different language when he sends me texts about soccer, and I have to ask him, like, what does that mean? I'm, I'm a <laughs> Roman Berkey! <laughs> <laughs> well, what did he say about this one? Was he upset? Or was he levitating I somewhere? Just, I don't know if he was levitating. He used to do that. I hope he, he was did. far from a bench set. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Uh, well. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, here you go, Doug. Not bigger picture time yet. I get it. I'm angry more than I thought was possible in February. But City were devoid of ideas in possession. Devoid of ideas. <laughs> they had no ideas. Uh, in fairness to producer Joe, Taylor Twelman said when they have the ball, they have no clue what to do with it. Which is why Kansas City just said, hey, have the ball. Because we know your whole system's based on us turning it over. Uh, And it wasn't an opponent situation. It goes back all year. The broadcast threw out numbers early in the game. Overall, a very good roster that flatlined late. Going to be a good, decent number of guys that played real minutes who won't be back next year. But the base of a contender is here. I'm really interested to see how ownership handles things this offseason. 
he said, I said, who do you think will be gone? That's what I asked him. And uh, he said, anyone that's up, then you have dudes like Indy that could move for a club profit. That's a hard thing to digest for fans, but at the end of the day, the club should strive to be a selling club. All things being equal, we should be Dortmund fighting for titles. We should be Dortmund. Bundesliga? Second Second Bundesliga. Bundesliga. World-class timing on that. I don't want to be Dortmund. Like, what what did that mean? I don't know. Fighting for titles and selling assets. It's a delicate balance. And I said, is that the model for all MLS teams? He said, it should be, but there are teams that build for the final piece to get them over the hill. But the two best ideas to win the damn championship? I don't care about Dortmund. Well, the MLS is like handing Miami the title next year anyway, so it didn't even matter what happened. Didn't he say, did he say it looks good for the future? Because he does. How would he know if they're going to get rid of all these players? You don't want to hear their signing. <laughs> he said the base of a contender is here. What base? They may be trading him, according to you. <laughs> or selling them. Or selling them to Bundesliga. <laughs> Dortmund, Doug. That'll, that'll hurt the league, I think, if, if people think that the whole purpose of the plane is to sell players to other teams. I mean, no one, nobody wants to cheer long-term for a, a team whose goal is to get rid of their best players. Or have it? one team have two superstars that get MLS stake in the club like, <laughs> and, and in the club so they take a lesser salary. Like, dude, what what MLS is letting Miami do is it, it's just it, they're going to own the league. Yeah. It's going to be Miami MLS is what it's going to be called. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand the model. So, like, you know, all the good players are gone, but, like— how, how can you have a consistent winning team? That, might not, that must not be the base they're going to get rid of. Joe likes the you base. can't keep fans if you have new players every single year. No. You, you just aren't going to have that, that. That's one of the big challenges in drawing fans to minor league sports is that as soon as somebody gets good, he's gone. You finally rally around one player, have a favorite player, people want to come see. Whoops, he's out of here. Yep. I don't think that's a good model for the MLS at all. Uh, I said, is that the model for all MLS teams? He said it should be, but there are teams that build for the final piece to get them over the hill. But the two best teams in their conferences are, for the most part, builders and sellers. Also, go look at Cincy's first three seasons. Wooden spoon after wooden spoon. What's that mean? Nobody knows. What the hell's a wooden spoon? And why do they want to be like Dartman, too? Just word vomiting to make it look like he's Mr. Sutton. Oh, is it to me and him texting? He's trying to impress you. Wooden spoon? <laughs> What's a wooden spoon? The team that comes in the last. Now, why would that be a wooden spoon? I, I don't know. I'm just telling you. Did you just Jackson's look that up? Or I typed in about wooden spoon soccer. Be... Wooden spoon soccer, and it came up. It's the award given to an individual or team that has come in last in the competition. You know what happens when you score two goals, Doug? It's called a brace. Wooden spoon award. It's called shocking. <laughs> Okay. Well, this team did just win the Western Conference. They won the whole the first expansion team to ever win the conference championship. It's a good season, for sure. But apparently for Joe, we're gonna lose all our players. But we <laughs> got a good ones. Base. We gotta hope we lose the good ones. Because we wanna be like Dortmund and be a wooden spoon. <laughs> Mizzou season over, blue season over, doggy season over. Winter is coming, and buckle up, haters. It's about to be the winter of Ken. Reach back into that wrinkled gourd and find some new lies to tell us boots. Oh. Some Junior the Juice Man. Doug, these blues, they're a hot they are a hot club. They are. They scored six Saturday night. Yeah, against Labita. Yeah, they're not lies. I found something while I was cleaning out my clutter over the weekend. What'd you find? 
I don't really need to prove anything <coughs> to people, but I don't go out of my way to. But I found this picture. People thought I, I made fun of uh, or I lied about my burning money. Burning um, money? Yeah, that I put in my stove and You Bermuda. took a Polaroid of it. Well, there's a picture of it. Oh, my God, you really did. Why would you do that? Can I hold this up on my camera? Sure. Doug, is this is camera? Am I on camera two, Jackson? Camera two? Cam two. Was this for when you were so wealthy? You, you felt yeah. like you could No, I didn't money? open a bank account yet, and I didn't want my money to be stolen, so I hid it in the, in the You were rich. You got Newports into the Salem's. <laughs> No, those are Salem's, I think. Oh. So you hid the money in the oven. Oh, damn, that's an old... Dude, how is that not Newport copyright infringement? That looks exactly like a Newport box. Yeah, we might hear from the people at YouTube. Looking back, do you think it might not have been a smart thing to put your money in? (laughs) Well, yeah, now looking at it, it's all burnt up. So could you still spend that money? I think the bank took a lot of it back. If there was a serial number still on it, they could take it as damaged and... Oh, really? It. Yeah. How much money do you think you burned and destroyed? I, have, I don't remember. I don't even know if that's Bermudian dollars or American. I can't really see. But in Bermuda, they would come and steal your money? Well, you don't know. I mean, it was... I was new there. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Doug, it's a system! Soccer's the ultimate team game, and you can plug in other similar players. It's the model for many leagues. Teams are selling players all the time. That's a Mr. Slade. Okay, I don't like it, though. Our system got our asses kicked by yeah. our tribal, so... I don't like a That's system a good where base you're to have. players. Crumble the last half of the season? That's no, a good they, base. Didn't have any ideas. And are there guys who kick with both legs? <laughs> we need I'd more much of those. rather have that soccer commentator. <laughs> we, I would, too. Wooden spoon or selling players is a good thing. Doug, I can't <laughs> wait till all of our good players are sold. That means your season mm-hmm. was awesome. Right. He's have nothing left, what but that's just what we want. Yeah. Oh, we got an empty roster. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Because all players are the same and can be easily replaced? That, it, it, this isn't the MLS model. I don't think that's the soccer model at all. I think players are sold in the, you know, the European leagues because it's you know, $80, $100 million that the you know, club can pocket. The local team owner makes. Yeah. Where's Berkey going? Back to Germany? Oh, we won't see Broman uh-huh. Berkey ever in a St. Louis uniform because he's too good. Oh, Producer yes. Joe thinks he'll be one or two more years of Berkey. Before he goes to Dortmund? <laughs> Everyone wants to go to Dortmund all of a sudden. He's already at Dortmund. Is Dortmund in the Bundesliga? <laughs> yeah, Borussia Dortmund. Do you get a wooden spoon right when you sign the contract? Or, like, when did the wooden spoon come? <laughs> you got to finish last. They, like, send it by priority you can't mail. I haven't gotten a text from Producer Joe yet. Must not be listening this morning. Who do they give it to? The owner? <laughs> the wooden spoon? Yeah. They just, <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, what is it? Like, is there, is there back your home, name on it? I think there's a real wooden spoon. I think that's just a... Something it's like the golden sombrero when you strike out three yeah. times. I was thinking about, I like... Bet, I bet people in Europe would be like, what yeah, the hell's a golden sombrero? That's, that's four nobody times. gets a sombrero, though. They don't give it <laughs> exactly. to them. Exactly. That's, that's what the point is. <laughs> so nobody's giving them a spoon? I don't believe anyone actually hands over the <laughs> no. owner a wooden spoon. I was thinking, like, Dane's and Confused, you know, the paddles. They had a personal... Used to be in baseball, if you went hitless, they'd say you wore the collar. Right. But there's no real collar that they give you. Go back to roasting mallows and bloods instead of making yourself sound stupid. Talking about games you didn't watch. It's from Midge or Madge. Well, I really didn't talk about a game. Soccer, the one. Joe's comments. I didn't watch the game. I didn't talk about the game. You didn't see the doggies? I didn't break anything down, did I? I think soccer is the one thing where you can probably look at a box score and talk about it. Right? Like, oh, they kicked it to the other side of the field. Well, you wouldn't know if they had close close chances. I know they scored a late goal in like 80 minutes. You could get a, a really good scoring chance and kick it over the goal, and it wouldn't even count as a shot on goal. But you could like have a, a missed field goal. We don't. Okay. No, but I'm this. You could have a lot of good scoring chances and, and still get and, shut yeah. out, and it could be you played pretty well. You just couldn't finish the shot. 
But you could say that in any game. Oh, man, they just couldn't finish. Oh, I guess. Hell of a season, though. We won yes, the West. Yes, it was. I mean, year was. one, you can't complain. Hills. But? I just, I hate to lose to a team with perhaps the worst name in all of professional sports. Sporting Kansas. Give me a break. <laughs> Yeah, STL it's no wonder we had Ismail Falfath officiating that game. <laughs> Ismail Falfath. <laughs> uh, little Judy Suckins is now mad at you, Plowhawk. What's with the cool guy act, Darren? You're gloating because the team in its first season lost in the playoffs. That's from Little Judy Suckins. Mm. No, I'm saying we're gonna, it's going to be a rough year next year because we're going to lose all our good players. I'm just You're commenting on like, the Joe comment. I, I, don't, I didn't watch any of the games. I watched two games all year. And I, I said I was I thought it was awesome that they won the West in the first year, but if this is the model that we have to see new players and understand, like that every year that, that is not just fun. feels like feels like minor league sports. If, you're, if you whoa, sell whoa, your good players, whoa, doesn't it? Whoa, 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 well, you're going whoa, by Joe. Whoa, whoa. But don't you want to build around your good players and make them marketable? Well, maybe they will. Sell Joe doesn't know what he's team? talking about. <laughs> oh, I don't. Well, he knows soccer, but I mean the team's been here one year. I'm sure he's not talking to the GM. I'm sure he's not talking to. Carol and Kindle. I'm sure but, he's not talking to anybody. He's just making assumptions. Can we go into like the contracts for MLS? Like how? <laughs> so can St. Louis do what Miami is doing and give a stake, a percentage stake of their club and the um, streaming package for Apple TV to get a big player? I suppose like, the is it only because Miami do. just did it again with another player? Like I'm, I'm confused how one team can load it up with absolute European superstars. And another team has to sell off their best players in order to break even. I, I, I need to know how that one team can do, how bad do you multiple play, <laughs> like huge players. Well, I guess you've got the money and do what you want. I mean, but they're not they're not paying them the money because there's a there's a salary cap. So like they're getting basic salaries, but they're also getting huge portions of stake in the club well, and into money. the streaming deal. That's, I'm wondering if every team can do that. I mean, that's money. You're losing money there, but. I don't know, a franchise team that's selling out every game. You don't need to build your fan base. Hey, we got Precky coming to play. Precky. Oh, let's go buy tickets. We're already, they're already sold out. There's I mean, got to be a guy named Precky. I don't, know how, you, I don't know how you make more money by signing a player like that when you're already selling out every game. I suppose you could give away percentages of your team, but there's only so many of that you could do over the course of a few years. I mean, the MLS also owns every team. The, yeah, that, the person in charge is just the chairman. The MLS owns all the teams. I'm just confused by so they can do whatever they want. Yeah, it, it, it was it doubled the number of Apple TV subscribers to bring Messi over. Yeah. So they were obviously. Has anybody watched uh, the Beckham series? I have. Of, you have. Oh yeah, loved it. Uh, didn't have a huge endorsement of the MLS experience. Dude. Granted, that was 15, 16 years ago when he went to the Galaxy. Um, I did not know how bad. The star of the MLS, what like until right. that part of the documentary? He, uh, you know, I mean, when he left to go play at Galaxy because he was what with Real Madrid, and they hated being in Madrid. His family did, and so went to Los Angeles because obviously they're still global superstars, but mm -hmm. there are plenty of superstars in Hollywood, so you can have somewhat of a, a life, and. Uh, and then they showed the fields they were playing on. I think it looked like Giant Stadium before New York had MetLife Stadium. And 
and he's running along, and because they still have the outline of the football field, kind of like when Missouri played Memphis <laughs> at the Dome, and there still was the old numbers mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. Beckham would like think he was going out of bounds because it was the football sideline, <laughs> but he, but no, it was. It, wow. He had a chance to like be rented by a team, and he jumped on it and never went back. Uh, yeah. Well, they had a moment last night where the field hurt St. Louis, where Lewin had a corner kick. They had a set piece, as I call it. Yeah, you do he had a corner it. kick. And he planted his left leg, and a huge divot came out—a huge piece of turf—and he kicked it out of bounds. Yeah, I just come on, Sporting KC, get your field in order. Make a call, Ismail Fallfath. Make it. <laughs> Man, you know Gabe is going to gloat when he joins uh-huh. us at nine o'clock. I know. Wasn't Beckham wearing a cardinal cap at one point? He during was. That? Yeah, he the, was indeed. The navy blue one. Right. Too. Uh, it was when he had shaved his head, which yeah. apparently was going to upset Doug. Do you call him Sir Alec Ferguson? Is it Sir Alex uh, Ferguson? No. Alex? Alex. Sir Alex Ferguson? I don't call him He was knighted. For what? OBE. Yep. Who's Alex Ferguson? He was a longtime coach and player. Doug, do you call him Man U? He became a knight because he's a soccer coach? Well, I mean, there's... I don't know. They they, they knight people. Is Beckham knighted? Um, I bet he is. I bet he's OBE. Let's find out. David Beckham. Let's see. Is he... uh, Yeah, he's OBE. So, so when we have Beckham, Beckham on, I'll have to say Sir David Beckham. <laughs> I, have to say that. I don't know if there's like a weird thing you can be Order of British Empire, but not knighted or not. You don't have to call him Sir. Don't have to call him. <laughs> like Ben Kingsley, he's Sir Ben Kingsley. Oh, and then like Judy yeah, Dench sex. is Dame Judy Dench, but I don't know. Like let's let's get over ourselves. <laughs> I, don't, Can we? I don't know if Beckham's at that status yeah, yet. Somebody done, but on every broadcast he's on, he goes, and Sir Nick Faldo joins us. Sir Nick Faldo. Sir, stop it! Stop it now! We don't play that over here. <laughs> well, we don't have. A we have a team here. named Real Salt Lake. <laughs> that I mean, that one's I, tough. I, I can't. You can't. That's the worst one. In, yeah, in you cannot defend no. how terrible. I mean, that name is just awful. Sporting Kansas City is worse. Yeah. Sporting. Sporting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Plonk, do you have the text inbox open? Because they're not happy. Uh, but I'll let, you no, pick, I I'll let you pick who you want to respond to. I haven't to. seen it, so go for it. No, I, haven't, uh, I don't have it open. Uh, let's see. The burnout board up loves to troll. His drivel is designed to rile. Is this a poem? Forgive that him as he pretty. knows not what he speaks. Fire up Plowboy and troll on from Steve. Make it stop. Honestly. Plowsy is so uninformed about all sports. It's yeah. just hot take. I don't understand the MLS. I don't understand how it works. How do two players have former EuroLeague champions and another team has, like, you know, plumbers and, like, grounds crew members playing on their team for, like, minimum wage? I don't get, like, how that works. I'm sorry. (laughs) This show is so much better than his ridiculous takes. Not sure how it got to this point. Mm. No drops. Lots of takes. Oh, 
I vote Jackson to run the board and contribute to the conversation. <laughs> Plow take goes to the closet. That's from the Banty boy in No, Bridgeton. we like the takes. We like I the takes. I love the closet. I kind of, kind of personal. Yeah. Kind of nice. Iggy and Plowboy are 100% spot on this morning. If you're a guy, you can't have conversations with Prod Joe-type soccer guys because, one, they need you to know they're a soccer cool, and, two, they're constantly trying to make out with you. <laughs> Is that what goes on? Was Joe trying to make out with me? No, I don't know about the latter. That's kind of a... First one's right, though. Hmm. They do try to come up with a lot of different ways to say the same type of things. I just say the obvious thing. Like, good, instead of saying, you can't just say, good kick. You have to say, oh, nice ball. Nice ball. Clinical. I was, uh, he loved the team total over one and a half. And so from a wagering perspective, that's why I was texting with him. And then when they sent the starting lineup out, he loved it even more. And so when they were scoreless at the half, uh, or they were down, Doug, would you say one? Mm-hmm. One nothing. They were down one to nothing. I texted Joe, and I said, what do you think? You know, because we need two goals, because now I bet on it too. And, uh, and that's why we were in this soccer conversation where truly I was honestly lost at times. So was he. <laughs> you think he was just saying things? Well, he loved over at one and a half. That didn't happen. You think he's never quite been right after he fell on that weight? Oh, I think... That, that did something that kind of shook him up? My thing was, yeah, I, I think it... Yeah. Something <laughs> happened. Because I'm trying to think back. I didn't work on the show when he fell on... What was you were on the show? You guys no, even crossed paths? Because you were no, 2014 and he left in 2013. Yeah, I was not on the show. So like I said, I couldn't be informed exactly. But when I heard about the story... Mm-hmm. He was in a gym and stumbled and fell and landed on his, his rear end, hit some kind of weight, some one of the weight machines, I think. Opening well, up the gash near the anus. I, <laughs> Clip, yeah. that Clip that off. How many times have you seen somebody fall in a weight room? Now, I'm not one to say, because I haven't been into a weight room since I was, like, 15, but like, that, do that people just randomly trip over dumbbells if you're looking and at your phone ass or something. up on the like, weight benches? And those, fell backwards. Those Bul- Bulgarian split squats can, can sneak up on oh, you. Yeah. Bulgarian split squats. Well, people can fall anywhere. I don't. I don't doubt that. That's true. You fell down the stairs. Yeah, the yeah they, they destroyed the tape. Right. They destroyed. Mm-hmm. The tape. That was so good. I went ass over tea kettle. We're in the Michelob Ultra Studio, still in the Munganess, St. Louis, Acura, Alton, Toyota, seven o'clock hour, despite the fact that it's eight oh eight. In St. Louis, Munganess, uh, sponsor of the 7 o'clock hour, Michelob Ultra, sponsor of the studios. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbohydrates. Looking forward to having some with the people at St. Gabriel's this Saturday. Get all of your food and drink from Salt and Smoke and A.B. for $45 per person looking for something to do. Spend it with us on Saturday night. No doggies game. Missouri will be done. Plowhawk ILLs at 11, is that right? Correct, yeah. So and who are they playing? Uh, Indiana. Indiana. Oh, and you're going to go? Yeah, and we haven't hustle hit back across the state. Yeah, Illini in, their wings are fires. We're going to go there, eat no, some. No, is that right? They got good wings? Oh, wingy oh wings. You're Jamaican traveling two and a half to three hours to eat wings? That is not the case. We bought tickets a while back, oh. and we didn't want to waste them. So we thought, you know, with the time change, we'll be able to at least make the half, you know, eat some late lunch, and then What's drive the time change? Night. How'd that affect it? The time change. Like that from 
this game was at 6.30 p.m. We wouldn't have been able to go because of trivia night. But time it changed, changed to a starting time. Yeah, time oh, changed to a, yeah, 11 a.m. start time. I'm able to go. Yeah. Oh, you meant daylight savings. No, time. you're good. You're good. Oh, you got four wins now? Uh, I think we're, yeah, we're at four. It sounds like a bowl team to yeah, only two I more wins for so. you. Two more, and you're, you're going to have to go, whether you want to or not. I mean, we got Indiana and Iowa. That's it. They'll be. And then Northwestern. <laughs> They could yeah, get two. There might be two out of yeah. three there. Yeah. I'm kind of happy Mizzou lost because if they'd have won and won the national championship, I mean, how do you tell the bowl committee we can't go? It's over the holidays. I'd mm. like to be home at Christmas. Did Drinkwitz have the authority to change it to the national championship game is December 23rd? So his player can get a good full night's sleep on Christmas Eve. So they Pepper and Jeannie loaded for bear today, yeah. dog. That's what happens it. when the doggies and tigers. You should so. never live this down. Illinois has no, five wins. <laughs> Plowhawk, there you go. Your Illini you're going to see have five wins. Oh, wow. One step closer. <laughs> Just like that, Doug, they just picked mm-hmm. one up. I may find them. I may watch them go bowling. What does Lenardi have them going? Oh, they're probably in one of the worst December 12th God bowls. almighty. I was, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on the record on my feeling on bowls, and I've been saying the same damn thing for more than a decade now. But I was just like, oh, I'll take a look at where the bowl prognosticators have Missouri going. And I'm like... Holy crap! They're got, they got them playing Kansas State again. <laughs> one terrible. One, one guy. This is ESPN.com for the record in the Liberty Bowl. And then I'm like, oh, what's the other guy have? Uh, Doug, is that Joey Bodegora? I don't know. I think Joey Bodegora has him playing Kansas State again oh. in the Liberty Bowl. That'd be fun to see him play it in the Liberty Bowl. Um, but uh, they got uh, Missouri playing Iowa. Oh in, my God. Uh, that would make sense. In the uh, and that's uh, Mark Schleibach has him play in Iowa. I could buy that. In the Citrus Bowl. How boring that would be to watch Iowa play football. Well, a bit of a regional rivalry, I suppose. So they're basing it. Bonagura has Iowa versus Tennessee. Schleibach has Iowa versus Missouri. My guess is Bonagura is basing it on he thinks Tennessee will beat Missouri. So that sounds like. I mean, that's it. Neither one are really all that exciting. I mean, whatever. I mean, listen, here's where I am on the whole thing. You get college football is so unique, even versus the NFL, obviously. Last week, the Chiefs lost to the Broncos. It didn't impact their season really in any way. They bounced back, and they beat a really good Miami Dolphins team yesterday in, in Germany. But I love that for three and a half hours, you get a chance to see, you know, two teams I don't want to say Georgia's fighting for their lives, but they were in a spot where Missouri could have taken them out of the championship picture, and Missouri could have put itself right in there. And, you know, it's three and a half hours. It's not a best of seven. It's not 162 games. Um, it's not to say I don't like baseball. I don't like baseball inviting 12 teams to, to play after 162 games, but um, I love that. And to have Missouri in that spot and compete like they did, uh, it, it's, it's a shame. It really is a shame this year that there isn't the 12-team playoff because I think they would be in the mix to be in the top 12. Uh, I, I mean, from an opinion standpoint, I do think they're one of the 12 best teams in the country. I don't think twice about that. I watch so much college football. Um, the only way that wouldn't be the case is if Georgia just isn't very good. And I think that that's probably a real big long shot. They get Ole Miss this weekend at home, and then they go to Knoxville. And then they will, barring a miracle, play Alabama in Atlanta in the SEC championship. And the SEC championship is basically set at this point because of what took place Saturday. Shame Jaden Daniels got hurt in that game. He was put on another clinic. 
Did you think that was targeting? God, I, that targeting thing is so tough. The moving target on uh, targeting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like it's not getting called as much lately. Yep. I think there's. I think they're trying to evaluate intent, which is so tough to do. I think. I think the, the penalty has done what the goal of the penalty was, which was to remove helmet to helmet hits. But there are some times when players just can't help. You know, right. I think I was watching Pitt in, in Florida State because I had Pitt plus 22 and a half or something like that. I don't know. They covered. I was very lucky because uh, Norvell was trying to score a touchdown <laughs> at the end to make it look good for the committee. I get why he was doing it, but I'm like, oh, my God, you're up by 15 or 19 points and have the ball inside of the 10 with, you know, time running out. And he's trying to score a touchdown and then they got a player hurt. Go figure. Uh, so I was very lucky that they didn't score. But anyway, they called the targeting play on a pit player, and it was just it was just a coincidence. I mean, it's just the way that it works. I, so I don't think the Alabama player was trying to, but, you know, it obviously impacted the game. Nussmeyer is not the same caliber of – is that his name, right? Nussmeyer? I think that's right. Nussbaum. He had a <clears throat> moment in the Missouri game after Shane Daniels got crushed in the end zone. Right. Hell, he's on scholarship. Well, what they don't look at is that, you know, a player may not be leading with his helmet. He may be leading with his shoulder, but the guy with the ball dips his head. Right. Mm-hmm. And, then hits it, and you call it on the defensive player, penalty. which you need to watch, look at so all I that. So I get the, the yardage, but to not have a guy play in a game then, or a half, I should yeah. say, that's yeah. it's a really tough spot. Because I just don't think you have the headhunting going on now because of that that penalty, but the call still gets made. I just don't think it's getting called as much as it used to. Uh, let's see, Doug, as far as the final four in the college football playoff, because I know you like Joey Bonagora. I don't care for him. Uh, he's got Georgia playing Washington and Michigan playing Florida State. Uh, Schlebach has Georgia playing Florida State and Michigan playing Oregon. Uh, and then both have Georgia playing Michigan in the college football playoff national championship. I'll throw this out there if you're interested. I'll take Penn State this weekend. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, if you're interested. I feel like Penn State somehow is just being ignored. Okay. Mm. Well, they're at they're home, the too. They got, they got the bad beat for Penn State is they got the 11 o'clock deal. So last year, Big Ten has to deal with that crap. And the great news, there's a wonderful story uh, on Yahoo for those who are frustrated by these, the way you don't find out about a kickoff until you know a handful of days before the games, uh, that that will come to an end because now – SEC will be all ABC and ESPN. And so that was one of the big things that the SEC wanted to change was how CBS could determine six days out what time games would kick off. And that stuff is over starting next year. So Yeah, it makes it tough on a lot of fans. Absolutely. Trying to plan. But there was a lot of tension that CBS did not include its fees after they absorbed Texas A&M and Missouri and they have been experiencing tensions between CBS and the SEC. Yeah. And then SEC, or CBS, wound up paying $50 million, either more or less, either $350 million or $300 million, to get the Big Ten, but they don't necessarily have the first pick of the Big Ten games at 2.30. So I don't know what CBS did, but um, they've got the Big Ten going forward. So that'll be different, because that's been a... It's been very beneficial to both CBS and, and the SEC to have that 2.30 time slot on Saturdays. And the Big Ten, they've, they're top-heavy, man, but, God, once you get past those three teams, it's, 
it's rough. Mm-hmm. So it'll be wonderful in November when they play each other, but God almighty, I don't know what they're going to be running in Saturday, on Saturday. Don't sleep on the Illini. They're cunning. I like that. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Illinois only has four wins. I was My God, now oh, they just lost another win. Come on, Jackson. I thought they beat Wisconsin. That's on me. Damn, that hit me hard right mm-hmm. there. It did. The Pac- You're not that close sure after all. We're about to go bowl one, but we got a little work to do. <laughs> the Pac-10 doesn't have a championship, does it? Pac-12? I mean, the Pac-12, they don't have a championship, do they? They do. Do they? Yep. USC. But I mean, they don't have a turn. They don't have a. Oh, oh! I thought you meant like a champion. No, a champ. Uh, they do. Oregon and Washington are on a collision course for a rematch. Oh, okay, because I just I didn't see the, I just see the standings. I didn't see divisions. So I don't know how you, you just take the top two teams. Yes, that's what the SEC okay. will be next year. <clears throat> okay. Caleb Williams had a bad day. We should get around to him. We are the Caleb Williams station in the <laughs> Middle West. They didn't have a bad day. His team did. Gave up a lot of points there. In the oh second. yeah, the USC also, defense. They also scored a lot of points too. They had, I think they had 75 at halftime, and the over-under was 76. Was it really? 77 yeah. and a half is what it kicked and off. And it covered huh? it, and I think Oregon's over-covered it like at the half, too. Yeah, brutal for me. That was my Yeah, you were star. on that. I'm I off. like Notre Dame. Cooler. I loved Notre Dame, but I guess Tyler from Spartanburg got uh, Dabo's crew ready to go. Yeah. All Sam Hartman, we all have a crush on him, right? Is that correct? I know. He had a yeah. tough one. Ooh, he did, Plowhawk. My God. As far as playing in a bowl game, if you're not in the – the final four. Uh-oh. Are there very many bowls that would excite you? No. Citrus Bowl? I mean, who would Missouri play that you'd go, oh, great, that'll be fun to watch? I'd love to see Nobody. him play USC. Maybe Texas? No, the Chick fil A Peach Bowl, that's fun. It is. You can't deny it. it's fun. Any, but any... it depends on who you play. I don't care if it's sponsored by Chick Fil A. <laughs> those are gonna be those are the big those are bigger getting on bowl games. Like you right. will get a decent the, opponent. The, the, the issue with them, especially now, is that. More often than not, the best players don't play. Yeah. Don't so. play. You know, I'm intrigued to see how Missouri handles this Saturday. Not because I think they're like, oh, we're done. They clearly, there was a cutaway of Cody Schrader on the bench as time ticked off. Oh, yeah. And you could tell, and I have such respect for this, that that team, number one, believed they could win, whereas most people did not. And I don't blame most people for not thinking they could win, but that team knew they were that good. And number number two came to win. I mean, they they played balls out, and that disappointment on the face of a guy who you know played just incredible. And considering that guy was in Division Two, yeah, a walk on, couldn't mean, even get a scholarship. Holy crap! And he's doing that at that stadium, and mm. and performing like that against a bunch of four and five star recruits. Holy crap! I mean, that just tells you how you know how that team viewed that game but there is this one of the things we've talked about especially from a gambling standpoint is the come down from when you're geared up towards one game and now yes a 10-win season is still in play it, you probably actually want Georgia to lose to Alabama in the SEC championship and then some other chaos around the country to get two SEC teams in otherwise I think it's going to be tough for Missouri to get a New Year's six game if you really care about that I just don't care about it as much because when Missouri would play, let's say they got to play USC. I don't think that would happen at this point because USC season. But, you know, I don't know who it would be that Missouri could get a chance to play. Maybe Texas. Um, that what players are actually going to play. And, and it, it, it's just one, and then there'll inevitably be one game where a bunch of kids are celebrating and then somebody who's, you know, in the pocket of college football goes, tell me these kids don't care about bowls. Well, you don't need to send out a meme after the Georgia game 
going with Cody Schrader's face going, tell me these kids don't care about the game on Saturday. You know they do. The Bulls, they don't. But, you know, they're sponsored. It makes the, yeah. the teams, uh, the schools, the conferences, the networks, and the venues money because of the sponsorship mm. dollars. But it's essentially there for trips during cold weather and, and gambler, gamblers. The games don't have the same impact, you're right, other than the college football play. But what's about to happen starting next year is incredible. I just keep going back to it's a real shame that it's not this year because I do think Missouri would have a real shot at being one of the top 12. And I also thought going in, it's like in college football, usually the top one, two, th- maybe three, four are in another class than everybody. And I'm not sure that's the case this year. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like, like number one playing number 12, which is kind of what we just saw, actually. I realized Georgia was two and Missouri was 12. Usually there is a big gap between that in college football usually and this is a rare like when Missouri was you know beat Oklahoma in 2010 I didn't think Missouri was necessarily one of the top teams in the country and then they wound up losing to Nebraska and Texas Tech and Iowa Um, I mean they had to have the TJ Moe play against San Diego State that's not usually the way national champion teams win they usually dominate there can be exceptions of course and you know georgia lost to south carolina at home four years ago but uh i'm just ohio state lost to virginia tech i think a bad virginia tech team a few years ago in columbus so it can happen but it just shows that either like i said georgia may not be as good as we thought or missouri's is way better than most people thought and i suppose we'll find out a lot about georgia over the next couple of weeks because i'm still not sure what Ole Miss is. You know, I mean, they had to edge out Texas A&M, keep an eye on Texas A&M and that job. It could be a $73 million buyout coming from oh. Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> That'd be nice. Would you like to get fired for that? $73 million. You'd almost try to get fired for that, <laughs> wouldn't you? That's what he gets. They would uh. have to put $73 million together. He has basically the same record as uh, Kevin Sumlin through the same number of games. I think Sumlin's record is actually better. Uh I don't know what Kevin Sumlin's doing now. It hasn't gone well ever since Johnny Manziel left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how good Wasn't Michigan is. I mean, Michigan's beat the crap out of everybody they played this year, but they haven't really played anybody yet. Now that two of the last three games are against Ohio State and Penn State. We'll they didn't see. look great on Saturday night. I mean, I know it was Purdue. I mean, and also, I mean, were they? I don't know. I mean, it was fine. And I watched a- it because I took Michigan. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I think they were planning on, like, skull-effing him because Ryan Walters talked about how we know they're cheating. We have video of it. And I'm like, Harbaugh's the kind of guy who's going to put up, like, 80 just to do something. And I think he was planning on it, and they, they've had some issues. There is a possibility that, that the NCAA could come down on them, and they may and not be in the time, playoff. So. That's possible. Well, the Big Ten coaches had a private call. They had Harbaugh off the call and had a call with the commissioner. Doug, is that Tony Petiti? I don't even know who it is anymore. And uh, and so you got to act on this. You can't just let this go on. Yeah. We're, we we get penalized. Not, forget about them. We lose to them. Mm-hmm. They were kind of pedestrian in Harbaugh's first few years, and then over the last three years, ever since Connor Stallions arrived on the scene, all of a sudden the defense is smothering. They them. seem to know what the other team is going to do. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. What if they win the national title with that hanging over their heads? It's, it's going to be like Houston winning the World Series. Well, you, you cheated. Like you have thirteen points Saturday. It's the most points they've given up all year. Yeah, yeah so it was. They, it was. It was. I, I had. A, I live bet them minus thirty-seven and a half, so I was already dead. Um, but uh, I had a five-game parlay, Doug. 
I did throw Missouri in there, but that was it was just a little twenty-five dollar deal. Um, Pittsburgh, I can't recall. It was another two thirty game that I, they covered, and then I had Iowa State against Rock Chalk. Uh, and to Rock Chalk's credit, they dominated that game, and I, so I already lost it. And I had Michigan minus thirty-four and a half. Had Iowa State covered that that touchdown with like fifteen seconds left by Purdue, it would have cost me six hundred dollars. Oh. It was a terrible bad beat for people who had Michigan minus whatever it was, thirty-two and a half or thirty-three and a half. I live betted at thirty-seven and a half, so I was already dead. But. Uh, yeah, I was watching that game. I'm like, I think Michigan wanted to really skull off these guys. And, you know, Purdue, you know, I mean, they still got blown off the field. But Heck of an wasn't. engineering school, Tim. It is indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, James Franklin, the Nittany Lions, they're lying in wait. It's 11 o'clock game, 12 o'clock there. Prefer the whiteout. just feel like they're getting overlooked, and I don't necessarily understand that. I don't know. Yeah, McCarthy's pretty good. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. <laughs> the Michigan Signal Caller, Field General. Yeah. Bowls are television and movie programming. There will be more, not less. That's from Uncle June. That Probably was, uh, he was in Walk the Line? I don't know what he was in, Tim. Uncle June. If I was one of the thousands of players around the country who aren't going to be a high NFL draft pick to skip a bowl, I would very much want to go to a bowl game. Be really happy to go. Yeah, if you're going to do a good city, you know, I mean, do you really get excited about going to Memphis in well, December? Well, good or bad, game? they still they get to practice and get to see get those to ducks hang around and eat at the training table. And the ducks wear top hats when they walk out of the Peabody. I, I think they do. It's just that you'd rather go there than than not go. Yeah, Even guess. though the fans find it rather boring, I'm sure the players and the, the coaches are happy to yeah, go. The coach wants another trophy in that trophy case. Yeah, and just to be able to go and extend the season for yeah, almost well, most coaches month. will tell you it's good because you get an extra four weeks of practice. Sure, players aren't happy about that, but coaches like having another four weeks of practice. Oh, yeah. And the, a lot of the players do, too. Uh, Doug, if you send in a text like this, it automatically gets read. Question for the brilliant Tim. Mm, oh, come uh, on, stop that. Ooh, did, you, did you miss the gong at first? <laughs> there, I found the mallet. Okay. What is the most likely end-of-season record before the bowl game? 10-2. Um, and two. That's kind of like an insta-call. The issue is I'm really curious to see how they play this Saturday after. There could be a huge letdown. That's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, they played Tennessee two weeks ago before the Georgia game. I think they beat them. And I, don't, I actually don't think twice about it. I'm curious to see. Uh, so my confidence level on that in a vacuum would be incredibly high. But again, Tennessee got a chance to play our friends at UConn, who I bet their season over total as well. I bet Missouri's and UConn's hit on one, missed badly on another. Uh, and I think they got them 59-3. to And UConn was like talking crap before the game and warming up in Tennessee's space. Really? And Tennessee's like, what? So... They just ran it up on them, 59-3. to So t- Tennessee basically had a bye week. Heupel has owned Missouri ever since leaving uh, and going to Knoxville. He was at UCF at first. So, But this time it's not necessarily a, a throwing offense. It's a ground offense. God, Missouri, Missouri kept Georgia's ground game in check. I mean, that was really impressive. What was that again? I said, and they're at home. Right. 2.30 game is a great thing. That's a great thing. I'm not worried about them 
how they're going to play in the swamp. I mean, what is Florida? I mean, well, they don't, they don't you look can for, worry about that next year because they, they play them in Columbia. They don't. Oh, they are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's back-to-back home games? No, yep. I was there last year when the game was at Florida. Oh, I thought they went to Florida and then at Arkansas the last two games. They're at Arkansas to finish off. Yeah. Seems like they played a lot of home games this year. They did. That was one of the reasons I loved the six and a half over under. They didn't have to leave the the state until they went to uh, Nashville. This Vanderbilt's under construction, which is a tough atmosphere. That's mm. a tough atmosphere to win in, yeah. especially when you have to you have to get dressed in a in a picnic. Tent. I mean, their first real road game was at Lexington, Kentucky, and they were down fourteen nothing in the first quarter. I go, eh, yeah. I guess they're not that good. I don't know, and I guess it means LSU's really not that good. And then they just pounded Kentucky the final three quarters yeah. pounded them and then just smothered South Carolina the following week. I'm like, holy crap, maybe they're really good. We'll see. But I went into, I truthfully went into the game Saturday going, because I had buddies who gamble a bunch texting me and I never really like to give opinions there because then I get blamed if it doesn't go the way I see it. So it's zero upside. But I'm like, honestly, I could see Georgia winning by 40 and I could see Missouri winning by 14. It's, it's that wide of a delta. I didn't think, I thought Missouri could beat them, but I certainly could see, and I think people around the country thought that it was going to be like one of those 30 or 40 point games. And obviously the, the credit to me goes to how Missouri hung with those guys in the trenches. That's what gets me fired up. That's impressive. That is impressive. And I thought the way the games were called, which is a credit to Drinkwitz, Baker, and more. You know, you can ups, be upset about the end of the half. I understand that. I liked it. I liked it before the Cody Schrader thing. Um, and maybe throwing at the end there on the pick that went to Azure Whiteside, the, the famous pick. Stackhouse. Yeah. Stackhouse. Uh, boy, he was he was almost going to rumble that thing in, Doug. The guy weighs 400 pounds, <laughs> and he was outrunning everybody to the end zone. Oh, what a terrible way for this end. Hey, athletic mm. backs drop balls all the time, and some 500-pound lineman catches Holy the ball. Cra- I mean, like gut. he cradled it in his gut. <laughs> it's I was gonna it's throw like it's stuck there in his belly button. You were going to vomit on that play? I, I Like the, my soul left my body. <laughs> Those are the guys I want to see handed the ball on third and one or fourth and goal at the goal line. William how, how Refrigerator Perry. Yes. How would you stop it? from New Orleans, 1986, instead of Walter Payton. Yeah. He got a touchdown. And it was Sweetness a... was unhappy, and then he ballroom danced with you that night. Yes, he did. Not <laughs> that night. Grab someone's belt buckle right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the photographer. Mm-hmm. He absolutely did. But how? no one stopped Refrigerator Perry from getting a yard. Why, why did they get away from that? They stopped the Kansas City guy yesterday. I forgot who it was. Who was that big? Big lineman caught. He was running down. They just stopped and lateral the ball, and they scored a touchdown right before the half. Oh, well, that wasn't a running play. That was a, a fumble or well, something. I know what you're talking up. about, but I'm talking about another guy that started rumbling and just... He was about to be tackled, so he lateraled it backward. Yeah. That's, that's something else that's not used enough is a lateral. Yeah. Are you talking about the – I'm sorry, I was reading Allen Dave. Yeah, I was I was yeah. watching that because I had the under, fortunately. That didn't kill me. That really covered it. Yeah, what a, what a play. I agree, that play's not used often. And then if it happens and it yeah. doesn't work, what in the hell is he thinking on the Chiefs? It wound up being like a 70-yard interception return. I thought that – well, I guess you got to take it into consideration. I mean, you have two of the best offenses in football. You figure, okay, this is going to be like 70 points scored. You got to go to Frankfurt, Germany, and play a game. It's just, it's I don't I don't like them traveling because two good teams like that. You had one team didn't score in the first half, the other team didn't score in the second half. That's just boring ass football. It does. It sucks that that game was there. I mean, Miami's atmosphere is not that great, but it would have been a hell of an atmosphere in Kansas City. So yeah. that game was kind of wasted. Obviously, it was scheduled years in advance, but. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, for that game to be, that's a Monday night football caliber game yeah. or Sunday night football caliber game, and it's buried in 8.30. Now fans from Kansas City and Miami will flood into the Deutschland region. That's correct. As yeah. tourists. That's correct. That's exactly how it works. I guess they're thinking this game will... We'll turn everybody in Germany on the NFL football more than ever before. Oh, yeah. Stop up, it. It's our game. Give up soccer and start watching football. Now, I will say these Kansas City fan sites have got to stop. <laughs> fan sites? Fan sites. Just <laughs> like, just like power <laughs> Mizzou, not power Mizzou, but the Mizzou. Like the, the, the Missouri, the, the Missouri message boards. Yeah. You know like, after Tiger Board? I won't let no, you. No, no, I haven't seen it. But these Kansas City sites come up every Sunday, and they show yeah. a picture of uh, Taylor Swift and some other girls, and... Taylor Swift's mom and uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife all partying in the box in Germany. They weren't in Germany. Where were they? They were in New York. Oh. But every week they just take a picture and say, they're there, they're there, they're there. Here they are in Germany. There's like 900 comments. I love it. I love it. They're so great. They travel. They weren't there. Oh. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. I don't mind showing them on the TV. Yeah. But quit posting fake pictures and saying they're everywhere. They're the not. The sites have got to be stopped. It's got to stop. <laughs> Kansas City fan site it was. Oh. oh, just looking and partying That's in the Germany. Name of it? What were you doing Kansas going City there Fansite. anyway? I just call it Kansas City Fansite. Dash it was. Why would you even visit that site? It just shows up on my feed for some reason. I don't follow them. It says, here's, here they are. And then there's a picture in the New York Post, I think it was. It said, here's Tay Tay and Lislina Gomez. Are they calling out Tay Tay? And Sophie Turner uh, and Mahomes' wife mother. leaving dinner in New York. My question, we have four expensive people like that. Who's paying that bill, you think? They're not expensive people. They're wealthy people. <laughs> wealthy people. Who do you think picked up that tab? Out of those four, who do you think picked up the tab? Oh, probably Taylor Swift. She's the one billionaire. Yeah, but they all got millions. Of course, I don't know, Sophie Turner, I don't know. She probably got something from Joe Jonas in the divorce. But Didn't Taylor Swift uh, tip all of her truck drivers like $100,000 or something? Yeah. Apparently, it's extremely generous. She is. I'm just curious who picked up that tab. Taylor goes, I got it. And you think Mahomes' wife said, no, I got it. He's making $40 million. I got it. Taylor Swift's a that individual says, check. Selena Gomez says, no, I'm in a new movie, a new TV show on Hulu. I'm making money. I'll pick it up. And Sophie the, Turner probably just walked <laughs> to the bathroom. I bet the restaurant owner said, oh, this is on us. We're thrilled that you're here. Anyway, stop fan signs. <laughs> who's, gonna, who's in position to stop them? I just quit posting fake stuff. <laughs> Uh, I was reading Alan Dadeville. You know, he's a big Jaja fan. Mm -hmm. See what he was saying, and I, I missed his text earlier in the show, and he's been sending some in. So three times Mizzou had guys pretty wide open, but that was about it. The strength of UGA's D this year is the secondary, unlike the last two years. Cody Schrader was the best player in that game. UGA had no answer for him. And that was he sent that in at 730 and sent this in at 831. Mizzou's D-line dominated Georgia's O-line. That's what happened last year in Columbia, too. That was the most physical game Georgia has had this year by far. That is Allen Dadeville. So I think uh, okay. there is an observation from Georgia fans that they uh, had more than they anticipated from Missouri. I think if Missouri had a different name on its jersey, like if it were Texas A&M or Tennessee, um, that I think there would be a greater appreciation for how good this team is. But I understand, hey, man, you got to earn the respect. And when they've had the opportunities to beat these teams, they haven't. But uh, they, I mean, they played a hell of a game. And I just did, I didn't, I didn't expect Cody Schrader. I didn't expect the domination or the ability to play with Georgia in the trenches. That was the thing. You think Mizzou doesn't get the reputation as a football school? 
that perhaps they deserve just because it's such a robust academic institution and so darn hard to graduate from good there? For, good for you for saying it, because otherwise I would have graduated. Yeah. I would like to know at the end of the game, that has nothing to do with the game. This is just a, something that I saw and just probably means nothing. But I'd really be curious to see what Drinkowitz said. To, uh, it's not Drinkowitz. 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 Drinkowitz said to Kirby Smart at the end of the game because it looked like Kirby Smart was just wanted to get away and he just kept grabbing him closer and, and he was smiling and laughing and then you know Kirby Smart then started to walk away and he had his hand around pulled him again. Saying, Did you like the way that I uh, didn't call time out there unless you run out the clock because we didn't want to you know just get it over with your better team. I'm just wondering what he's saying to him. It. You think that's what he said? To I him? think he was like no. a, he was like a little little schoolgirl giggling. Oh. Hey, Kirby Smart, hi. I think they usually say. Great game, coach. You got a hell of a team. You're doing a great yeah, work. Yeah, and then good leave. luck the rest of the week. Every time Curry Smart said "great," walked away, pulled him closer again. Pulled My him guess closer. is Drinkwitz tells the most annoying, <laughs> least funny jokes on the planet. Oh. You think he told a joke? Oh, I bet you was trying to knock knock joke out before dinner parties with the chancellors and just seeing if it, you know, what hits. Mm. Just a real quick, like, any yeah. Youngman one-liner. Maybe ask, okay. ask, him. <laughs> ask him for an autograph or something. I don't know. Uh, guys, we play the Florida Gators in Dortmund this year. Thanks. That's from Minute Bowl eligible, Doug. It all comes full circle. Uh, we'll close out the 7 o'clock hour here at 838. Send your emails in because today's Design Air Heating and Cooling. Email of the day winner receives... A table to this Saturday's trivia night oh, they do. at St. Gabriel's, courtesy of the wonderful people at Mungana St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. The morning after at InsideSTL.com. What if Miller wins? He doesn't have 15 friends. That'd be two tables for him. Then he went Friday. Oh, Kevin Miller. Yeah. Uh, I believe what is he it, did Anita Genital or Anita <laughs> Genital? Oh, oh, yeah, that's who won. Design Air sponsor of the email of the day, the official HVAC provider of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Send your emails to tmckernan at insidestl.com for QFTA this week. Design Air, uh, get that. Boy, Doug, we got some nice temperate temperatures here this week. Look at this. It is nice. I know. We got 80. It's going to be 80 on Wednesday. Wednesday. Sunny yeah. and 80. Cloudy and 62 on Thursday. I mean, even this weekend, highs in the upper 50s. But, hey, you know what's coming. Make sure that furnace is ready because we've already gotten a little taste of it. Go to designairservice.com and work with the great Seth Goldcamp and his staff at Design Air Heating and Cooling. Doug is a client. I am a client. I have had my furnace tuned up. All you do is go to designairservice.com, click book now. They come out quick, fast, in a hurry, and it's done. And now you have no worries for the upcoming winter. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling, official HVAC provider of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast and sponsor of our email of the day. We'll take a commercial break, come back with our 8 o'clock hour, even though it's 8.39. The Colonel joins us, presented by James Carlton, coming up at 9 o'clock. This is The Morning After, presented to you by Brown and Crouppen from the Michelob Ultra Studios. Mm.